Okay, so let's put together a starting lineup, shall we? This might be kind of fun. There it is. Secret weapon! Swish, swish, swish. Nothing but net. What? You gotta be kidding me! Welcome back. It's episode, what are we, eight? Nine? Ocho. I don't even know. Who cares? We're back with Secret Weapon! Secret Weapon! <laughs> you, you always do a shorter version of the Yeah, I get shy. I get shy. I don't know how long to hold it. <laughs> Secret Weapon! All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's Secret Weapon. Uh, it's your boys, uh, Albert and Andrew. Uh, we don't have a guest this week, so please don't be disappointed. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy just us. Like we hope we're good enough for you guys. That you guys are just happy with us. Andrew, are you happy with us? Mm, yeah, we, we sound kind of <laughs> desperate right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> welcome back. It's uh, episode eight. We're, we're really excited to have you guys on today because uh, we got a lot to talk about, man. The NBA is uh, changing. It's a new world. We're uh, Andrew. Before we came on, was singing. Uh, 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 a whole new world from Aladdin. He was, you know, blasting his pipes away, and so I was, or you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, it was Andrew. Uh, he's the singer of us too. This guy's got a band, but anyway, oh, Albert uh, actually sings too. But anyway, um, we're excited to have you back. As you guys probably know, it's the time. By the time you guys are hearing this, probably Wednesday morning. We know you guys are like crazy thirsty to hear our episode. So as soon as they drop on Wednesday, you guys are like shuffling on your phones to turn it on and if it's wednesday it means it's the day of the draft but even before then there were like 800 trades that happened in the nba over the last two days and that's mm-hmm. why we're here we wanted to wait till after the draft but we're like nah we got so much to talk about and so yeah andrew how you feeling yeah who knows uh what um what could happen overnight and it's gonna happen like you might wake up tomorrow morning and mm-hmm. all of what we talked about might just even be in the rearview mirror i know we mm-hmm. might have some more news mm-hmm. or you know by the time people listen to this the knicks would have drafted ob at Ooh. number eight spot and um you know we, we never know what's gonna happen with this spot mm-hmm. i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no no dude i'm at a point where i i'm pretty okay with almost anybody we draft there um I, I just want new, I just want to bring in good good young blood into the team, you know? That's what it's about. Yeah. I don't know. Are you excited for tomorrow, Albert? <sighs> Look, I all those hours of waking up at six in the morning, it's all coming in tomorrow, man. That's that's what it's for. Tomorrow's my Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's what it's well, I mean it's not coming to an end because you gotta watch the NFL combine and stuff now. That's true. So that's true. A year long. Um, <laughs> you got Trevor Lawrence, I'll be happy. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So the best place for us to start, I think, is for this wasn't the first trade to go down, but I, th- I think it was like the first major trade to go down. And we have to talk about CP3 going to the desert. He's going to Sun Valley. Is that what it's called? Sun Valley? The Valley? The Valley, Valley of the Sun? Death Valley. Valley of the Sun. Don't they call it Valley of the Sun? Did I make that up? I don't know. I, I, don't, I just know Death Valley. Valley of Ra. King that Ra. seems more appropriate for Phoenix, actually. Ooh, Death Valley. Okay. Well, well. first off, Andrew, let me read you the trade, okay? And then we'll get your reaction. Okay. First off, it's CP3, Chris Paul, right? Uh, discount double check. Is that what discount double check? State Farm? Whatever. No, that's that's Aaron Rodgers. I know, but it's the same thing, right? State Farm? State Farm? Is it? Isn't it all state? Oh, damn. 
Is it? They all wear red, so I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, Is it yeah. Staples? I have no freaking idea. Anyway, okay. So uh, Chris Paul, right, and Abdel Nader go to uh, Phoenix. And then from Phoenix, they send Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, uh, Jalen LeCue, and a 2022 first-round pick. And so, Andrew, if we can first get your thoughts on the trade. Dude, I think this is a, a really good trade um, for both mm. teams, actually. Okay. Um, you know, we know that Devin Booker hated it there, and he was looking for a way out. But I feel like this is a good kind of compensation, um, a reason for him to stay. And, dude, I mean, look at what CP3, CP3 did with the OKC team last year. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. dude, I think it surprised a lot of people what, what that team was able to accomplish with, you know, you know just kind of like, a lot of not great players and yeah. they looked like a really well oiled machine uh, mm. with great teamwork, great chemistry, and they played really well. So I'm excited for what CP3 is going to be able to do uh, with mm-hmm. Phoenix. And, you know, actually I'm just more excited for Devin Booker now that, you know, like there's a little bit of uh, weight off of his shoulders and uh, for him to really develop um not just as a scorer, but kind of more as a well-rounded teammate. And just come, just seeing the Suns become a better team in general, I think is going to be super exciting. And, you mm-hmm. know, Devin Booker, I feel like he's one of the best scorers in the league. And, mm-hmm. you know, he actually really reminds me of um, Kobe at times. Um, so Ooh. I'll be rooting for... Um, well, I'm not rooting for them, but I'm excited to see what <laughs> Phoenix will be doing uh, with CP3. I, I think, I, I suspect that they'll be really good and they'll make mm-hmm. the playoffs. Um, OKC, on the other hand, um, not too sure. Um, I feel like a big part of that team was CP3, and I don't know where they're going to be. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, we're going to talk about this soon, but I think they're going to be in a great position for the future. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not sure about this immediate season, but for sure uh, down the line, you know, uh, they're gonna they're gonna be set up um, for success for uh, yeah through the draft and you know with a lot of young players so yeah mm-hmm. I think it's a mutual benefit for for this uh, trade. I think uh, for our listeners out there, we now know that Andrew is definitely gonna be a, a closet Phoenix Suns fan this year. So <laughs> yeah, their their new black jerseys are tough. Do you see them? Yeah, and dude, dude, their like throwback stuff is really tough. Um, I, I thought it was hilarious that they had Kelly Oubre model for all the new jerseys, and then they I tricked know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully, you know, like, uh, have you ever seen the Charles Barkley bit when he goes off on the Suns? No, about, what you, which one? Like, he talks about, like, their nachos suck, and you never seen that? Like, no, but I saw, I saw the one where he talks about San Antonio. Oh, the you ever see that one? Down yeah. There? Yeah, yeah, I mean that was that was classic. Uh, <laughs> but there's one where he goes off on Phoenix and how like everything mm-hmm. sucks in Phoenix and like right. one of the things was like their nachos uh, they come with not even melted cheese it's, <laughs> and they put instead of uh, jalapenos it comes with pickles. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The, the, the nacho chips are stale. Uh, but CP3 <laughs> is here to turn that all around, folks. He's gonna bring those fresh tortilla chips. And that fresh cheese from Oklahoma City, <laughs> and he's he's bringing insurance, uh, Allstate or State Farm, whichever one it was. I think it's State Farm. Am I wrong? Is it? I'm not sure. Look it up. But okay. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? All right. It's a, this is a good trade. I, I think you're right. It's exciting. Um, I, I have a couple of questions. Um, that you know, I'll, I'll shoot your way after you know I go on a little riff here. I, I think, as you mentioned, it's a good trade. Um, Phoenix, they 
I don't know. It's a it's a it's a pretty steep haul if you think about it though for CP3. He's entering his age 35 season. And mm-hmm. the thing that we've seen with point guards, especially small point guards, is that they can really fall off a cliff. I was listening to the uh, Book of Basketball podcast hosted by the one and only podfather, Bill Simmons. And uh, they were covering Allen Iverson last week, right? And they were talking about how AI, dude, he, he goes from averaging 26 a game to the next season playing for four different teams and barely able to score 13 points. You know, and, and it really does happen where these small guards, they can really kind of fall off a cliff, especially once they hit their, you know, early to mid thirties. And I, I think that is a concern, right? But at the same time, I think also CP3 is going to be carrying, I think, a lighter burden in Phoenix, because as you mentioned, he's got, you know, the Mamba, Mamba mentality, Devin Booker, and a bunch of these youngs who could shoot, young wings who could shoot the lights out. You got Cam Johnson, who was really good last year. And Mikhail Bridges continues to get better and better. Uh, Aiton's been fantastic for them. People don't realize, but DeAndre Aiton's really shaping up into a hell of a player, really improving on the defensive side, does a lot for them. Uh, but, I mean, even offensively, right? He's got a nice touch. He's been, you know, expanding that range out to three. So they're an exciting team. And um, the one thing that, that I do want to say, though, for Oklahoma City, I, I imagine that they'll e- either cut or trade Rubio. Uh, I think they'll keep Oubre. I really like Ty Jerome. I don't know if our listeners are really – uh, familiar with Ty Jerome, but he's a he's a UVA guy. Won, won the national title, then came into the draft, got taken in the second round. But the thing I love, the thing that I love about Ty Jerome, guy's a really good shooter, a uh, really good playmaker. You know, he, he he's like one of those guys that those old guys in the YMCA when you see them running around and it, it, he just looks perpetually flat footed. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing athletic by the way that he moves, but he just knows how to move. You know and got a good floater game he's a really good player and i think people are sleeping on that no one's talking about that Jalen the q is this little 6-3 uh point guard 6-2 point guard who can literally like i think he could touch the top of the backboard this guy is so explosive and then to not to mention the fact that they add another first round pick and their bounty of first round picks at this point is getting ridiculous and so as you mentioned andrew i think they're definitely trying to now um, leverage their you know veteran guys into some assets and getting rid of CP3 and uh, you know they just traded Schroeder too to the Lakers and we're definitely going to talk about that one because I think that's a massive move for your team but yeah man I, I just feel like it, it's an interesting time as CP3 enters like the real twilight of his career I think it's going to be fun to see him take these young guys into the playoffs potentially tough West Western Conference as always but it should be a fun one and I think you know, if this doesn't work out, then Devin Booker, Booker will definitely leave. And I think even if it does work out, there's still a chance that he might leave. We live in a weird world. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think CP3, unlike AI, uh, doesn't rely too much on his athleticism. Hmm. And he's a more pass passing guard than AI was. So I think that's more encouraging for Phoenix fans um, because I don't think you really need to uh, worry too much about him. I don't know, falling off, really. I feel like, especially now with Devin Booker, you know, who uh, Chris Paul can really enable now, I feel like, yeah, his role is um, not as heavy, for sure, and he doesn't do have to do as much, and I think he just has to be kind of like the glue guy, the leader, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, I think he's ready to do that. I think he has many more years of, of that, actually, in his career. So I think uh, Phoenix is in a great spot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, OKC... Okay, 
they they got a lot of assets uh, for a very very old uh, CP3, and um, yeah, I think it was it was a good trade at the at a good time for both teams, and I'm I'm curious to see what OKC is going to mm-hmm. do with with all this uh, with all these assets, you know. Dude, as you mentioned, I, I'm just going to read this off to you, Andrew, and I want I want you to just kind of absorb this for a second because Sam Presti continues to put on a masterclass as a GM and. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last year plus, Sam Presti, he's taken Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and he turned it into SGA, a year of Gallinari, a year of CP3, Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen McHugh, eight first-round picks, eight of them, right? And two pick swaps. And so it's freaking unreal to think about what he's been able to do with those two guys. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that that is a haul for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight first round picks, eight. Yeah, I mean, but you know, as great of a haul that is, we're gonna see how great Sam Presti really is is with what he does with those picks. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Minnesota has been in the first round pick <laughs> for how many years, and these guys can't get it together. And they've had guys like Jimmy Butler on the squad. They've had. Yeah. Um, a lot of like veterans too, like D Rose, they have Cat mm-hmm. and they have Andrew they have a lot of yeah, yeah. big names, uh, but like zero success. So Hey, uh, but but we have to give him credit. Presti is the one who drafted uh Harden and Westbrook too. So he has a track record. You know, he found Ibaka too, uh all those guys drafted uh Steven Adams. Oh. <laughs> that took me a second. I was like, What? <laughs> Are you talking about the Dolphins? <laughs> no, 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 our boy Steve, he loves Ibaka, so I just had to shout him out real quick. There are many things I want to say about this, but uh, we, <laughs> let's, we're going to restrain ourselves here. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, man, uh, he's, I think, you know, Presti, he, he has a great track record of uh, drafting guys, and, um, you know, it's it's going to be exciting, man. And I think. The, the starting five, potential starting five of CP3, Mikal Bridges, Cam Johnson, Devin Booker, and Andre Ayton. That, that's exciting, man. That's like a – that's if you, that's a squad. Right, yeah. If you're thinking yeah. about like a modern NBA starting five, that sounds beautiful. Just shooters everywhere. Every guy mm-hmm. in that starting five can shoot the ball, and that's a, that's a freaking dream. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a Wild West again for sure. <laughs> All right, Andrew, let, let's put you in the shoes of Devin Booker, okay? Okay. You've been there your whole career. You haven't tasted the playoffs. You've been pretty, like, distraught, and you, you've you kind of sent waves out there, some signals out there, right? Like, hey, thinking about leaving, you know? You know, Chuck's right. The nachos taste like ass. Like, <laughs> there are too many old people here. Everybody goes to Top Golf. Like, I'm so sick of living here you know why are there rattlesnakes in my backyard right mm-hmm. so he's been feeling this for a couple of years now so this is you right this is you does bringing in a 35 year old cp3 does that change your long-term goals with the team or is it just like let's try this out well yeah i mean given that both booker and i are very clutch and good scorers <laughs> i think uh, i can relate to him <laughs> um so i feel like we'd make similar decisions uh, mm. because we are just similar players but uh yeah man I, I don't know phoenix's track record is not 
is not that hot. I mean, post Steve Nash and Amari, you know, mm-hmm. like they haven't, I feel like they haven't really been able to put it together. And even with Booker in his first couple of years, um, yeah. it's still been basically like a circus. And um, although CP3 is a very encouraging uh, move for Phoenix, mm-hmm. I can't say that's uh, a guarantee for a long-term stay because, I mean, CP3 is not even going to be here long-term. You know, I don't know how many seasons he will be here for. But um, yeah, man, Phoenix, I, I feel like, just given yeah their history, I feel like I wouldn't trust the GM um, mm. to an ownership to uh, really I don't know to really like listen to what I had to say or you know really build around me and <laughs> I don't really trust in their ability and mm. you know like I don't know I feel like Phoenix is is not a great place uh, to do that and. Mm. Um, yeah, man, and it's it's super hot out there. It's, it's the Death Valley. <laughs> um, right now, the Cardinals are the only good thing about Arizona. So Death Valley, uh, that's what it is. Not yeah, Sun I said Valley. Death Valley in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I'm a boomer. My bad. Okay. <laughs> they got yeah, Kyler though. Yeah, Kyler. Kyler Murray's a K one. K one baby. D Hop. <laughs> like we know these guys, right? Personally. <laughs> But what about what about you? I mean, D Hop left left Houston for mm. Arizona, mm. so maybe things are different in the football field. Yeah, no. I don't know. I I agree with you, man. I, I think it's weird. It's I I don't know how how old is Booker now? Twenty five, right? He's got to be around there. Yeah, he's young. Right, he's still twenty five, twenty six. I mean, okay. So I'm still talking to Devin Booker, right? Devin Devin Jungman uh, Kim Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, uh so so devin um you know you feel a little shaky about the front office uh what are you know some potential landing spots that you're looking at uh, other than you know phoenix hey i know you're looking for me to say new york uh, <clears throat> but i'm not gonna say that say it say it say it <laughs> just just say it um no, I mean, but honestly, I, I probably just the big markets, you know, you want right. to make as much like, as a young, young guy, you probably want all the clout, all the fame, mm. all the ladies, you know, all the money. So mm. got to go to like either L.A., New York, possibly even Chicago. Right. Um, and yeah, I think one of those three spots would be would be a prime spot for Booker. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean. He's a legend, though. Didn't he date Kendall Jenner? Did he? Yeah, while living in Arizona. Guy's a monster. I don't know. So many people have dated Kendall Jenner. <laughs> I, I lose. I lose track. She's I, been I, on more teams than uh, <laughs> than CP3 has. <laughs> uh, K- Kylie Jenner. Uh, what's her name? Kylie? No, Kendall. 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 Yeah. Kendall. She's uh she's all NBA right now. She's yeah, she's she... made more all NBAs than. <laughs> yeah, she's a free agent every year. So. <laughs> Everyone's in the family. She's Instagram's LeBron. She's a free agent after every year, just one year contracts. I like yeah. it, man. Yeah, young kings after young kings, you know. Who is she dating now? Kendall Jenner. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No idea. But that whole family is highly associated with a lot of basketball players. Um, Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys, man. <laughs> I feel like he's the anomaly. Like he he sticks out out of all the ones that they've dated. He's the he's the poorest one for sure of all the guys. Bad choice, bad bad choice. But I think he's the only one who got married though, right? I think so. 
Wait, Tristan well, Thompson, oh, Lamar, did he Lamar, Lamar was oh, married, Lamar. right? Tristan Thompson, Lamar, I'm not sure. Tristan, um, I think even D'Lo had a little thing. Going oh, of course, on. yeah, all of them. Ben Simmons for a long time. Oh, yeah, Ben Simmons. Blake Griffin. Dang, I know. The, Damn. These these girls are they they know the talent for sure. I mean, besides Chris Humphreys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the, the early years. Early years, so there's yeah. They needed a gateway into the NBA, and that was yeah. Chris <laughs> In his defense, he he does look like like a hunk. You know, he's like a tall, like kind of. Buff, that's your type. Like, that's your type, Chris <laughs> That's their types right there. <laughs> he looks like a Lego character. <laughs> they don't make him like Chris anymore. <laughs> hey, hey, Kendall. Hey, I know you're listening. My bad. We're you know we're just fooling around. We're just fooling. Yeah, around. yeah. Sorry. We, we we know. We're doing yeah. it for the laughs. Yeah. <laughs> We respect you. We respect you, Kendall. Do you know who Kendall or Kylie is? Can you tell the difference, Albert? Bro, hey, 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 hey. I know the difference, okay? Kylie, I said Kylie, like Kylie. Um, Kylie, she's dating Travis Scott, so I know that one. And then Kendall is the stick skinny one that, um, you know, dated all the NBA players. So I know the difference, okay? Yeah, I see you're keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm trying. I read it in the paper. What a boomer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, uh, shouts to the Kardashian family uh, in uh, up in Calabasas. We uh, we thank you for the entertainment. But um, moving on anyway. So it's a good trade. I think it's interesting. It's fun. It's cool. It was the first like major trade. Uh, I think we all expected like CP3 to move somewhere. And I don't know. Like, I think other than Phoenix, the only other option might have been Milwaukee. But it's a perfect transition into the freaking barrage mm-hmm. of you know trades that we had last night in Milwaukee. They sure. literally grabbed their stack of chips and threw them in the middle of the table and said, "We're going all in." And so mm-hmm. let me let me just read you the first one. Well, it's two trades, pretty much, right? They bring right, in right, right. Drew Holiday, they bring in Bogdan Bogdanovich, and they pretty much, you know, they gave away all their players um, and like nine hundred draft picks for Drew Holiday. So, mm-hmm. first off, Andrew, give me your thoughts on the Drew Holiday trade because they gave up a lot for him. Dude, I feel like this is a very similar situation. Um, it's like another you know scenario where the the star he feels like he needs help and mm. Loki he kind of wants out. Granted, mm. Milwaukee is a far greater team than Phoenix was, mm-hmm. um, so I guess I mean Giannis kind of has less to complain about because um, he does have a good team, you know, objectively, but um, you know, he's, he's very hungry for that championship. So he does want something to change or mm-hmm. he's going to change. Um, so I think holiday is a huge addition. Um, I'm just really concerned, honestly, about Drew's uh, health. And if he can stay healthy, I feel like they can be a pretty deadly team. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a huge upgrade from, in my opinion, from Eric Bledsoe um, and George Hill. Although those guys are serviceable guards. Um, mm-hmm. I think Drew holiday defensively, um and his range and uh just like just his style of play i feel like it's gonna help um Giannis a lot more and the bucks and i feel like to be honest um Blesso was a little bit of a of a crutch to the team yeah uh, when it mattered i feel like you know they couldn't really depend on him but i feel like drew is uh is a guard that you can really depend on and um it's gonna enable Giannis a lot more and i feel like yeah it's just gonna be be so much better for the team so so i think that's a that's a great move by milwaukee there i agree man i'm sure he got sick and tired of george hill always being like this fundamental player and like not really doing much Uh, you know freaking uh what's his name 
Eric, <laughs> Eric, Eric Blitzel, this guy is always disappearing in the playoffs. Probably got sick and tired of that. Um, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it, man. And Drew, like the thing with Drew Holiday, as you mentioned, he's like a, he's a rock solid two way player. You know, uh, defensively, he can guard the best player on the other team. He's fantastic defensively. Offensively, he can shoot it. He can pass. He can dribble. He does it all. But for me, like it, it is a big haul, right? They they pretty much mortgage their future to bring in Drew Holiday with all the draft picks that they're sending. And it, for me, it brings two things to mind. I think the first thing is. Um, this is really dangerous because it has some vibes of like the Brooklyn 2010 trade because they're really mortgaging their future, but they don't know if Giannis is going to resign yet because it hasn't happened. So I think either number one, either they're really confident that Giannis is going to sign that super max by the deadline. I believe the deadline is end of December or middle of December, but I think that either they're really confident that he's going to sign that super max or this is their way of trying to, you know, impress him and try to show him like, Hey, we're trying to, we're trying to make it because if you remember early 2000s, the Cavs, they tried to do that for LeBron. They brought in washed up Anton Jameson. They brought in Larry Hughes. They brought in Shaq. They brought in Mo Williams. They did all these things to kind of impress LeBron and show him like, Hey, we're trying to build around you. And that didn't really work. Um, and so that'll be really interesting to watch right now uh, with Milwaukee. It's do they have, you know, are they 100% sure that he's going to resign? I'm sure they're not 100% sure, but, you know, it is a gamble. It's a massive gamble. And mm-hmm. other than that, for me, I think Holiday's a great pickup, once again. But for me, I think the more important trade was the Bogdan- Bogdanovich trade. Because yeah. the thing about Bogdan Bogdanovich, this guy, look, I would say 90% of our listeners haven't really seen him play. And it's fair because he played for Sacramento. But Bogdan Bogdanovich is one hell of a player. This guy coming in from Europe was a guy who played in a lot of really, really big games. He won titles in Europe. He was a closer in the fourth quarter. The thing that came to mind as soon as this trade went went down was this trade of Bogdanovich is actually the most important addition for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Because for Giannis, the biggest thing that we've seen is in the fourth quarter, he really has trouble scoring against a set half-court defense. Mm-hmm. Andrew, you and I have talked about it before. It's kind of like buffering, right? It's like it's either like he's trying to like you know destroy some people and get in there, or he's taking a nasty like mid-range shot that just doesn't go in. But for Bogdanovich, he, they have a real closer now, a real playmaker. And I think that what came to mind right away was Miami and how they – really relied on Goran Dragic to provide for them in the fourth quarter in that playoff run, especially against Boston in the earlier rounds. He was huge for them closing. And I think that's exactly what Bogdanovich is going to be able to provide for Milwaukee. And so if you take the fact that you bring in this, essentially Drew Holiday is an upgraded, like a huge upgrade over George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. And then you bring in Bogdanovich to be a closer next to Giannis. This is probably the best team building they've done around him since he's been there and so i think that alone makes it really really interesting right for sure i mean i think uh in your own words uh, you are rock solid on this one <laughs> and because uh this guy's name is so hard to pronounce i'm just gonna call him bog mm-hmm. um but bog yeah i agree i think this is the even bigger addition for sure um yeah, Milwaukee, they have always struggled um, leaning on Giannis as their best player because, you know, in the playoffs and, you know, when defenses start getting really tight, you know, they kind of know how to play against him and that's right. just to clock the paint and, you know, uh, to run good doubles off of him and you don't really have to protect the perimeter mm-hmm. against him. Um, 
So I feel like, like honestly, um, I know he won the MVP and everything, but in that way, Giannis is very lacking. And and a lot of times in the half court setting, I feel like they're playing four on five offense because mm-hmm. of how limited Giannis can be uh, in his game. And so, yeah, adding someone like Bog is huge, uh, stretching the floor, um, and w- especially like kind of like when you need a bucket, you can rely on Drew or Bog to be honest, right. and that will really put defenses uh, or give a lot of pressure to defense uh, on the defense because now they have to focus on three three guys and that's going to really enable Giannis to do his thing uh, just to basically just smash the rim as he does uh, so much more easily and the paint will be so much more open and this is just going to open up everyone's game so much more and i feel like that's what that's what milwaukee's been missing you know it's been so it's been very frustrating to watch them to be honest because it's just like they just can't buy a bucket sometimes and it's such a shame because you do have the league's mvp in there and he looks like um like just disabled out there on offense Mm -hmm. sometimes so um so yeah for sure this is a huge addition i'm i'm actually like i feel like this kind of puts them in contention again for a championship to be honest um Really, it's going to come down to how they play and also the rest of the role players um, being able to carry their load. And then now we might even see Giannis come to even more of a a full form of himself. So I'm excited to see how this team gels together. And um, yeah, man, it's going to be this going to they're going to play fun basketball, I think, Mm. you know. I think of all the harsh things you've ever said to say that Giannis looks disabled sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little rough a little rough there uh dude i i mean i think you're on you're with me on this one but i oh, dang it. i'm gonna say it i feel like <laughs> i feel like Giannis is a little overrated a little bit so, so okay this is like a first take type of question okay and this yeah. this is stupid this is really really stupid for me to ask this um you're a gm you're starting a new team they put Giannis in front of you and devin booker in front of you who are you taking dude i'm taking booker Skip. <laughs> Skip. <laughs> oh my God! So you leave you leave the league MVP there and you grab Devin Booker from somebody. No, I'm just kidding. I uh-huh. I take Giannis. Yeah. I, I know it's, it's that's kind of crazy. I mean, dude, Giannis is unbelievably like physically gifted. Yeah. This fool looks like Dalzim from Street Fighter, and he has the Dalsim. athleticism of an Olympian, and. Really, the only thing is he his shot is as broken as as mine. Oh, um, so I, that's what I mean by he's disabled on offense. Because to be honest, in today's game, you need to be able to shoot. Like you can't not shoot. Like that has to be a part of your game. Look at the top players of the league; they all can shoot. Like like even Draymond, people knock him for mm-hmm. not Blue being Dort. able to hit shots. He can still shoot like a right. little bit, you know. Like, but mm-hmm. and I feel like. Draymond's a better shooter than Giannis, and that's Julius Randle. <laughs> Even Julius Randle, he has a mid range <laughs> that he can shoot better than Giannis. So, like debatable, debatable. <laughs> if you're the league MVP, your name better not be down there with those guys, with the likes of Draymond or Julius in terms of shooting. You have to be better than that, and and I know that he makes up for it by the way he just destroys the rim and in the paint. Like it's literally impossible to guard him, and his defense is really good. But if you're relying on this guy for offense mm-hmm. and he can't shoot, that that's just 
a clogged hole in my opinion and like that you know it just feels so frustrating it's like you're just un- like unclogging your toilet you know and it's it's just clogged man you, like you need to call a plumber and bog is the plumber and mm. <laughs> uh, drew holiday is that plumber they're coming you know to unclog that toilet it's uh, called so, yeah, bogey man. bogey <laughs> like bogey uh and um yeah man i feel like uh, I don't know. A lot of listeners might be scratching their heads when I say Giannis is overrated, but that's what I mean by he's overrated. Mm-hmm. It's really, I'm only looking at his shooting that, that really limits and restricts the whole team mm-hmm. in its entirety. <sighs> I know you agree with me, Albert. Just don't no, be afraid I was, to say it. No, I, 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 I 1000% <laughs> agree with you. I, I, I was thinking if we were in a, we're in a, like at a court, and it was Rondo against Giannis in a three-point shooting contest. Who wins? Probably Rondo. Dude, yeah, probably honestly, Rondo. it'd be hard to bet money yeah, on Giannis. Probably, yeah, probably yeah. Rondo. And I think that's part yeah. of the problem. I think his shooting sucks. Like he's trying his arms are too long. Yeah, maybe. Like he's the mechanic trying. is just it's just so off. You know, he looks like <laughs> his elbows are to the when, side. And... When his arms are extended in the air, he throws the ball down. Because his yeah. arms are so freaking long, so yeah. that's part of it too. You can't get arc. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I don't think, and like the worst part of it is, like Loki. I don't think it's a fixable problem. Mm. Like there have been players who can work on their shot, like like Jason Kidd. You know, mm. he developed a shot. Mm. Even Lonzo, his shot's becoming better. Yeah. But Giannis, like, I'm really doubtful for some reason about his shot development. <sighs> You know, but if you so think I about it, like, like if you think about it, though, some of the issues with him shooting are not too different from Kawhi. Kawhi has those like crazy big hands, really long arms. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I agree with you. I mean, his shooting has improved. Like, we can't say that he hasn't improved as a shooter. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. you know, we can't. But I'm with you, man. Like, the shooting is still his biggest weakness. It's the reason why he struggles so much in the half court because he's not a threat from three. He's barely a threat from the mid court. I from the mid range. So. I, I, I get that. It's just, yeah, I don't know. But, you know, in that hypothetical, like Booker or Giannis, I don't think it's that easy. You know, I, I like, I mm-hmm. people may hate this. Yeah, you guys will hate us. It's fine. It's fine. We're not professional. We do this for fun. <laughs> hate, hate me all you want, okay? I'm a New Yorker. Everyone hates me anyway. <laughs> but for me, it's like, if you're starting a blank slate and you can just build a roster, mm-hmm. like, I do wonder, what does Devin Booker look like in a winning culture with a winning like, you know, with winning team. I guess we'll see that this year, right? We'll see that this year with CP3. I think that'll be a big, you know, deciding factor. But um, I'm kind of on board with you, man. I, I, don't, I don't love Giannis. Like, this guy's really, really good. Of course. He's MVP. Of course. He won two years in a row, right? Back to back. Like, amazing. So cool. Yeah. So cool. But at the same time, like, there's definitely uh, some things that are missing in his game that's keeping him from being, um, you know, the best player you know? he is a he's a modern day Shaq, you know yeah of course of course yeah. just with much more speed and agility um, not as funny is, yeah honestly Shaq might beat him in the three-point contest i'm just kidding <laughs> you see that video of him shooting in the gym with his son he's like yeah. black black stuff curry <laughs> Shaq's shot looks so ugly yeah really Giannis's shot looks almost as ugly <laughs> I mean, this guy Giannis is still putting up air balls for free throws once in a while. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, like you can't be air. You're a professional basketball player. How can yeah. you be airballing a free throw? You know, it's it's insane to me, dude. Okay, so I'm in a group chat right with some people from the Fighting Stripes, and I, I won't name who it is, right? I don't want to shame him on our podcast, but one guy on our website, he's he's not he's not a 
like like a avid basketball fan like we are, right? He watches mm-hmm. it casually. He lives in Canada, right? All he knows is Maple Leafs and Blue Jays and Drake and you know. I was gonna guess this guy actually before okay. you even started, but okay. But anyway, what what are those fries they eat in Canada with the gravy? What is that called? Poutine. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. He eats that stuff, right? So uh, what he was saying was that he thinks that um, LeBron shouldn't be considered even in the conversation of the GOAT. And his take was that it's because he's not a good shooter, right? Mm-hmm. He thinks that it's he thinks that LeBron has gotten by off of sheer athleticism and no mm-hmm. skill. And I dude, I literally almost had a freaking a conniption, bro. I almost like fainted and I had to go in on him, but I, I think if we were taking that argument, right, like, oh, he's getting by off athleticism and not skill, I would say Giannis is a way bigger example of that than LeBron. LeBron is a absolutely unworldly skilled basketball player, right? But Giannis, on the other hand, has some work to do. So I, I, it, he's crazy, right? 100%. Well- well, first of all, Namu, I agree with you 100%. No, it's not Namu. It's actually <laughs> oh, it's not, not Namu. No, no, Namu, Namu has his head on straight. <laughs> Respect the OG Namu, bro. Uh, well, whoever it is, you know, mm-hmm. I appreciate the LeBron hate because I'm on board with you with the LeBron hate. No, I'm just kidding. But that is kind of outrageous to say. Yeah. I, but I wouldn't say LeBron is, like, the most skilled we've ever seen. I, I know I'm going to sound like a homer, but, like, not. guys like MJ or Kobe or even, like, you know, Devin Booker. Steph Curry. Like, Steph Curry, James Harden, those guys are skilled to me, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you, they have limited athleticism, and they do more with their skill. Mm-hmm. I felt LeBron is, he's skilled, but also he's just a freak of nature, and that's probably why, you know, he's in the GOAT discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Giannis is neither, no, he's not skilled, and he's all athleticism right now. And, you know, like, that's the thing about, like, NBA stars is you have to like develop that because otherwise you know your the longevity of your career is not going to be it's not going to be great and dude you can't be jumping from the free throw line for for 10 plus years in the league you know so yeah man uh he needs to he needs to like i don't i don't know like why are these coaches not developing that you know Mm. or are they i mean i'm sure they're trying right but like dude okay i i 100 percent agree and i think i've always liked the more like technical maybe you could call it like finesse type of, like for me people are listening right now you guys might think i'm crazy i think luka Doncic is already a top five player in the league just dude in his mm. second season he put up 28 9 and 8 9 rebounds 8 assists like as a 20 year old kid in the league unreal and does luka have uh ungodly unworldly athleticism no this guy looks like our friends like this yeah, guy he actually looks very unfit. Yeah, yeah bodies by cheese it, right? Like um <laughs> like Dwight Jr. <laughs> this guy he like, does look like Dwight Jr. <laughs> he has he has a perpetual double chin. Like he's just one of those guys, right? And yeah. you know, he you know this guy like he eats bad. Like you know that. Like he's never heard of being vegan or, you know, intermittent fasting or anything like that. Like he probably smokes cigarettes, drinks beers, like, you know, he does it all. But He's a 20-year-old kid, put up 28, 9, and 8, right? In his second season, he's unreal. I, it's, it's amazing. He's not athletic, but he's got all the skills, and I think that'll continue to translate. My only thing with LeBron is like, dude, yeah, freak athlete, but he can dribble, dribble pass, and shoot and like actually right, right. do those things, and that's why he's in that conversation. But we went really young, long on uh, Giannis and Milwaukee, but 
we're excited for them. Dude, they, mm-hmm. and we didn't even mention his name yet. They still have Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, an all-star last year. A really freaking good player to go with Bogdanovich yeah. and Jirali. I think this is big for Chris, too, because honestly, he was very underwhelming. Uh, I don't think he was able to step up really uh, this past season. So uh, having guys like Drew and Bog is going to be helpful for Chris, too. And I feel like because it was so clogged with Giannis, like they looked to Chris to be the guy, Hmm. but he couldn't really get it done. So now there's just going to be, you know, like four guys who can really take it. And they still have like what, Brooke Lopez and, and Robin Lopez too, uh-huh. um, yeah. the twins and uh, yeah. I mean, I think we went on about this because like Giannis is a two-time MVP, and honestly, yeah. this move it really puts them in championship contention. Like, I feel like uh, depending how their bench plays, they can really make a run for it. You know, who are we looking at in the East? We've got Milwaukee, Brooklyn, of Miami. course, Miami. Uh... That's it. Well, Boston. Philly. We'll see what Philly does. We'll see. Boston, of course, Boston. Is that but that's it? it. Honestly, even the the teams you named, I'm not really sold on them. Well, we we do have to look out for Miami because we'll see what we're gonna have to see what they do this off season. They just made a great finals run, and if they add to that, that's really exciting. Um, yeah, you're right. But Boston, man, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, another year. You know, they're just getting better and better. Those guys are scary. Mm-hmm. And they have, what, three first-round picks this year? So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. But, um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, They'll probably be you, you didn't mention the Knicks? Oh, our time's coming. Okay. Our time's coming. When, yeah. when is that again? What year is it right now? 2020? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2020. Let me do some math. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, hopefully by like the 2040 draft, I'm not still this big of an NBA draft <laughs> nerd. <laughs> In the next 20 years, you know, we can get something cooking. Might be good. Oh, man. Yeah, that's my hope. Hey, shout out to my boy, Josh. We, we have, guys, you don't understand, like on an obscure Friday night, we'll be out to dinner and we'll have serious talks like, hey, bro, like, do you think it's possible that we might just die without seeing the Knicks win a championship? Like that, these are the types of talks that we have, real mm-hmm. talks. And so, I, I, I want to put it past you guys, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know that's really uh, mean to say, but <laughs> it, it's really hard to win a championship. Like, it is. Really. It is. It is. How many have you seen in your lifetime right now? Three, five, six. Six in your lifetime. Six Lakers championships. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. Good for you. Good for you. You happy? You yeah. feel good? I mean, to be honest, I don't really remember the, like the first two, but mm. I do remember the last four. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Oh, okay. Okay. So you yeah, remember like, like oh, the O two one. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember, Nets. yeah, I remember losing to Detroit mm-hmm. even more clearly. You know, four. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, the O nine and 10. Of course, I remember those. And then this past year. Our Laker fans out there, you'll hate me for this, but that 04 finals is the biggest stain on Kobe's legacy, man. He was absolutely terrible in that finals. So, yeah. I'll just throw I that mean, out there. in his defense, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. Mm-hmm. Dude, that was a squad, though. 04 Pistons was a really good squad. That's the definition of what you like, the one through seven kind of squad right there, you know, five all stars. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Dude, don't give me that crap. 
Terrible, terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible series for Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. We love you, Kobe, but come on. Disgusting. How dare he's you disrespect him? Yeah, he's terrible. Absolutely terrible in that finals. Yeah. No I'm, one I'm can find off. me on that one. <laughs> you had, you had uh, huh? 34-year-old Gary Payton. You had uh, 69-year-old Carl Malone. You had all the pieces. All the pieces. You couldn't put it together. Come yeah, on. Carl Malone was doing shady things with other people's wives. Okay, you know what that does to <laughs> the players in the basketball team? That ruins <laughs> chemistry. You know what's crazy, though? If you look back on that season, Carl Malone was actually really important for you guys. Even at that age, he was still mm-hmm. doing stuff for you guys, an important part of the team. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe it, but people say that's like the first super team or like that yeah. we've seen. Yeah, yeah maybe. I don't know about super team. That's more like, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like the Expendables. You know, there's a bunch of uh, <laughs> retired old men together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all great in their prime, but they're not in their prime. When they, well, when Gary Payton was still good. Gary Payton was still good. Um, he was at the very end of his prime. He was still good, though. Yeah. I mean, it's like Sylvester Stallone still making movies. It's kind of it's, it's kind of the same. He's not Rocky no more. He's in Creed. But <laughs> Carl Malone was like uh, Clint Eastwood in that one. That's so old. <laughs> He's so old. By then. Seriously, Dumbledore. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on because this this is the big one. This this is a big fish. You ever seen that movie, Big Fish? I have never actually with Tom Hanks, right? No, Tom Hanks. Are you talking about Big? Oh yeah, that's Big. <laughs> uh, big Fish is like the fictional one, like like a magical. It's, it's one. like a, it's like an allegory, right? Of like finding your perfect woman, and he's like fishing. I have no idea. This was a long time ago. Anyway, um, okay. So the, here's. <laughs> <laughs> I randomly thought of Benjamin Button right now. I don't know why. But, um, okay, James Harden is a big fish here. Uh, James Harden currently is unhappy with the direction of the Houston Rockets. It makes sense, man. They just got rid of their GM. They got rid of their coach. And then they went ahead and hired Stephen Silas. And I, I get it, man. Stephen Silas, he's been in the league for a long time. But he's not the name that I'm sure a veteran team is looking for. Uh, I'm sure they were looking for, you know, I'm sure guys like Harden and Westbrook were probably like, hey, we want like, you know, either like some well-known like, you know, coach like that or, you know, someone that's proven that's going to take us to the finals. And I think Harden's a little upset. And all the reports that are coming out is that he rejected a two-year extension of $50 million per year, which would have made him the first NBA player to ever uh, make $50 million in a year. He said no to that because it looks like he's got two options. It looks like he really wants to go to play for Brooklyn. Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Either he really wants to go play for the Brooklyn Nets or go play for the Philadelphia 76ers. And there are all kinds of rumors as to why the biggest things that we're hearing, the biggest thing that we're hearing right now is that Harden is working out with KD and I think Kyrie as well in LA. So that might be kind of like the genesis of it all. Uh, we also know that James Harden played with Kyrie during the World Championships a couple of years back. So there is a relationship there. And of course, during his time in OKC with Kevin Durant. But um, dude, I want to ask you, because this is how I feel, Andrew. I can't wrap my head around a starting five or a trio of Harden, Kyrie, and KD. Because Harden likes to hold the ball for 23 seconds, step back three. Kyrie likes to do the same. And Kevin Durant went to Golden State because he was sick of watching Russell Westbrook do that. So I just, I can't, the the semantics of those three playing together just makes absolutely no sense to me. 
Well, I mean, that's what we see on the surface, but remember this team has three coaches uh so they're gonna they're going to figure it out they have steve nash uh they have Kyrie and kd and that's gonna be a crazy coaches huddle um mike d'antoni yeah mike d'antoni amari stoudemire and and amari stoudemire so i was gonna mention that and i was hoping we talk about it on the episode before but um you know when amari got signed uh as a what is it assistant coach Uh uh-huh did they add anyone else? I don't remember. Mike D'Antoni. It's just D'Antoni. D'Antoni and... They probably got some other guys, too. So yeah. it's Steve Nash adding D'Antoni and Omari as his uh, assistant yeah. coaches, right? Yeah, Steve Nash the head and coach. Then, and then Kyrie and KD as, uh, you know, the uh-huh. assistant to the coach, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, this reminded me, you know, because we haven't talked about The Office in a while, but this reminded uh-huh. me of uh, when Michael Starr started his uh, own paper company and <laughs> when he went on the recruiting spree um he got the the indian guy from his uh, other job hey, what's his name ah they, I, don't remember his name? His name. I don't know but he's really good at selling what uh, whatever it was the pill the the dietary pill we oh, they say we got oh what's his name deepak no no not deepak What's his name? I'm going to Google this. <laughs> yeah, it's leaving my mind right now. Vikram! Vikram! We Vikram, got Vikram. Vikram! We got Vikram. That's right. All right, so Michael Scott, right? He He's uh, Steve Nash, and he got Vikram. Oh, my and God. He, got... he passed away recently. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. <laughs> rest in peace, Vikram. Rest, rest in peace, Vikram, man. Shout out to Vikram, man. Oh um and he picked up pam mm-hmm. he picked up ryan mm-hmm. and that was a squad you know and the four of them honestly on paper that's not a bad team like you gotta think about like okay you, you know you gotta like the circumstance was not great they, they're just starting but mm-hmm. those are four great teams or teammates slash players uh michael scott is a hell of a salesman you know mm-hmm. ryan is the whiz kid who was once nba uh, yeah nba and Wonder he was kid. once he was uh jan's position um he was living it up in new york pam great artistic uh aspect and feminine touch and she's a, the greatest of all secretaries mm-hmm. and then they have a freaking great role player and uh, another great salesman aka shooter in vikram mm-hmm. you know so on paper these uh, are really good um players to this team but it just looks so funny that yeah like steve nash is the coach and mike d'antoni how how the mighty have fallen and he's under steve nash now and omar sadabar comes out of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> Or is he coming from China? I think he was playing in China, right? No, he's playing in Israel. In Israel. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, let's just bring the whole squad back together. So Sean Marion's probably up next, um, uh, waiting for him to to sign on to the coaching staff. Boris uh, but yeah, anyway. Boris <laughs> And um, who's the guy? Uh, the, the, the guy who had... Raja Bell. Raja Bell. Mm-hmm. Raja Bell waiting the for Andrew him. Andrew Barbosa. Barbosa. This is the last time the, the Suns were relevant, by the way. Um, but yeah, man, like it, it's such a wild and weird situation in in uh, Brooklyn. And then, like that's only on the coaching side, right? And right. then we look at the players, and it's like, what, what what's going on on the player side? <laughs> now we have Kyrie and KD, two of the most woke, controversial guys <laughs> in the league. Um, the Freemasons. 
<laughs> half the practice is just going to be like philosophical debates and then like uh kd just making uh burner accounts and then i don't know how harden's gonna fit in with with that and then let alone now we're talking basketball like on the court like right. really it's it's a mystery how that's there's not enough balls to go around for these guys um but let me do let me just say this though if they could somehow figured this out right like somehow this is like level 99 tetris if you can somehow pass this level this is a championship team no albert this is michael scott paper company about to be sold for sixty thousand dollars or whatever they got offered oh god can anyone stop this team if they somehow could figure it out now figuring it out is gonna be a miracle of a work uh, but we have the brightest minds of Steve Nash, Tony, and Amari to figure it out. So, um, yeah, man, Brooklyn, uh, this is like a one in a million chance. But if they figure out this, this is a squad that's un- un- unbeatable. My only thing is we now have a track record of how toxic Kyrie can be. He was toxic on his way out of Cleveland. Toxic at his way in his uh, on his way out of Brooklyn. I uh, sorry Boston, and so we we know what this guy is capable of. We know that KD is sensitive. Is that the the right way to put it? Maybe I don't know. This guy's yeah he definitely is, he is. yeah he is. he is. Let's call it what it is. Sensitive. Um, James Harden is not the guy that he was in OKC. Um, he's not. Yeah, I I just can't see him playing mm-hmm. second or third fiddle. Like right. he, he got a taste of what it's like to be the alpha. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. He he has the ball in his hands all the time. It's weird to go from that and then like because okay, we've seen big threes before. We saw it in Miami. We saw it in Cleveland. Right. We've seen it happen to Chris Bosh. We've seen it happen to Kevin Love. The third there has to be a third guy. There has to be a guy that really relinquishes a lot of. You know, the scoring and what he's used to doing, right? He has to sacrifice a lot. And of those three guys, I just don't know who that's going to be. You know, who's going to sacrifice 60% of their game? I I don't think it's going to be Harden. I don't think that makes sense. Does it make sense for Kyrie to do that? Does it make sense for Kevin Durant? Probably one of, if not the best, one of the greatest offensive players of all time. Does it make sense for him to do that? None. I just can't see how this works. But as you mentioned, if they can somehow... Right, you know, you know, figure this out, and they f- find a miracle on their hands, and they could figure it out. Then it gets interesting. You're right; it does get interesting because they're scary. They can't be scary, bro. Albert, the, these three guys, literally, over the past three years, in my opinion, I would say they're the top three offensive players in the league. Um, when the Cavs won the championship against the Warriors, uh, I, think I don't remember the year, 16? 16. Um, I, I literally watched Kyrie take the Warriors, who were known for their defense, by the way, yeah. uh, take them like literally one on five. And at times, like even Braun had a hard time getting going, and Kyrie was literally just destroying their defense simply like with his crazy like craftiness and shooting ability and so after that year i was like dude Kyrie has to be pound for pound the greatest scorer in the league and i know kd is also up there so like it was 1a and 1b for me and a few years later we see harden going crazy and freaking stepping back and dropping like 60 on people and i was like dude harden kind of has to be the best scorer in the league as well and so these three guys really is like at their best they're 1a 1b 1c in terms of 
offensive scoring. Now, again, the problem is there's not enough balls to go around, yeah. and that's going to be the hard part to figure out. But if a shot goes up with Kyrie or KD or Harden, that's like a 95% success rate, in my opinion, you know? And so, yeah, man, this is a huge puzzle to figure out. But, dude, if they can, th- it's going to be a scary team. But regardless if they're successful or not, we know that this is going to be the most entertaining team um, on and off the court. Mm. Uh, we'll be tuning in <laughs> greatly. And we'll, I'm wondering who their secret weapon really is going to be. My, my only pushback with the, with the best three offensive players, I, I think you have to put Stephen Curry in there. I, I think mm. the way that Stephen Curry had, you know, he almost, you know, He's a big part of the evolution of the game, you know, with his three-point shooting. Sure. So I, I, I hear you on that. I just, uh, I don't know. So it, something to think about. New Orleans just got like what? Three? Three first-round picks? Four first-round picks with two pick swaps, I believe, from, um, from Milwaukee? The Nets are going to have to give up everything, the whole nine yards to get James Harden. They're probably going to have to send Levert. You probably got to send Jared Allen. Probably got to send Dinwiddie. And probably every draft pick asset that you have. And the scary thing here is the, you know, Brooklyn Nets, they have experience with this. With, you know, Darren Williams and who was it? Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Brooke Lopez. You know, they've, they've been there. Joe Johnson. They've been there before. They've done that before, and they know what that looks like. It, it is scary, though, man. It, it is scary if, if you are Brooklyn just because if you saw what um, New Orleans got for Drew Holiday, then you're automatically going to know you're going to have to pay more to get James Harden, uh, as you mentioned, one of the best offensive players in the league. And so I think that that's something to think about. Their 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 lineup, their, their roster is going to be left with, what, DeAndre Jordan? Uh who else? If they resign, I'm telling you, Joe Steve Harris Nash is suiting up. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a coach. Everyone's mistaking right now. Steve Nash is not here to coach, guys. He's here to play. <laughs> um, Amari just played last season too in Israel with uh, Denny Avdia, so it's it's possible. It's but they were teammates actually so for uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv, so that'll be interesting. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's... But does it matter? Does it matter? If them them three do get on a squad together, do you need Lavert and do you need Dinwiddie? No, you don't. You don't. Hundred percent, you don't. But I'm just saying, you are mortgaging your future because you're going to give up like what ten picks to get Harden, and uh, if it doesn't work out, because you know, hey, as we're talking about it right now, we have question marks, we have concerns, and so right. if it doesn't work out, and you're stuck with those guys, and you're stuck with no leverage, and you're stuck with no draft picks, it gets gnarly mm-hmm. fast. The only thing I'll say that kind of gives me a little bit of hope for this kind of working out is that if I'm James Harden, I would never turn down $50 million a year. But the fact that it, that he did and he's willing to go to a team where I'm sure he knows that there's not enough balls to go around between him, Kyrie, and KD. I don't know why he would sacrifice so much for potentially like, you know, like a self-destructing bomb in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So he had to see something or the three of them had to have talked or, you know, yeah. like they have something going on, like some, you know, like camaraderie or like they're very confident that this could work out. And I feel like Harden turning down $50 million is him really trying to go for this championship. So maybe they know something we don't, but as far as I'm concerned, this is not going to work out. Um, 
And but I'll still be tuning into every game though. <laughs> Gotta watch Steve Nash play again. I think it'll be cool to see them in the locker room, like every player on the Nets in a red wine bath. Um, you know, Mari used to love those red wine baths. So we'll see. We'll be seeing them doing that together. That'll be cool. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, it's this is a very wild situation. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's, it is. it's very crazy. It is. I I agree with you, man. Maybe they have some sort of agreement. Like, hey, you know, you know, we're gonna go in rotations. Like, you know, each one of us is gonna bring the ball up. You know, separately. I have no idea. It's... Yeah, from top down, this really feels like a non-NBA team. Like it, it almost feels like Mars sent a team to the mm. NBA, and they're going to be part of the season this year. And just like the roster and the coaching staff and everything, it just feels like such a weird, like strange, crazy situation right now. Uh, and like all, like I was on Twitter all day, and if, it really seems like Harden's going to go there, hmm. right? Andrew, if you were James Harden and you could pick between Brooklyn and Philadelphia, what's your choice? Dude, I go to Philly. I think we talked about this, right? Whoa. Did we talk about this? When we know. talked about Embiid? I don't know what we talk about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I don't know. To play against, to play with Katie and Kyrie is also, would be pretty tempting if they're my friends, you know? And mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Are Honestly, they actually friends? Do we know that? They they like each other? Who knows, know, right? Man. Does Kyrie like know. anybody other than SpongeBob? What, <laughs> do, do we know he has friends? I have no idea. I don't know. Kyrie genuinely scares me. <laughs> and he, like he really terrifies me. He kind of looks like like sociopath Loki. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, if you're listening, I don't I don't mean that. Um Team Flatter. <laughs> flat earth squad and kd too man like yeah the, like the more we talk about it like the more i see how how implosive this is gonna be and i i can only imagine poor steve nash trying to control everybody hmm. and it's, it's gonna be a nightmare but we'll see man we'll see it's 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 not a good thing if james harden is the most normal out of the three I think that, that, <laughs> no, that, that that's the issue. <laughs> that sounds scary. Um, yeah. What, what if what if James Harden goes to Brooklyn and he shaves off his beard? <sighs> Number one, like, why why would he have to do that? No, he's he's not. He doesn't have to, but he just yeah. does, and like it makes everything look just so much weirder in Brooklyn. You know, like something weird, some conspiracy is going on over there. They're not playing basketball. They're like human trafficking or something <laughs> some crazy things going on in brooklyn <laughs> i hear james harden is a really ugly guy without his beard yeah yeah i saw some pictures of his oh, uh of his old old pics <sighs> okay okay so um so you think philadelphia that's interesting man and you yeah, like I mean, him, you like just... Embiid? you like him i do i do really? I, i'm big on Embiid. Yeah. Well, for for our listeners out there, he's also big on Jalil Okafor still. So <laughs> do, we have to take this with a grain of salt, <laughs> bro. I'm waiting for for news on Jalil, man. Where is he going? <laughs> Where is he playing next year? Teams are sleeping. I hear he's pretty high on the list of like uh, teams in the in the CBL, uh, uh, KBL. I, I, heard, I heard he's pretty high in general. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but okay, you you like Embiid? I, I think he's fine. Yeah, I just I want to see him in shape. That's my biggest thing. We got to see him in shape. 
No, he has the flyer, man. He he just needs some pieces. You sure? <laughs> I, I think so. We've been hearing this for years. Like, oh, and B's motivated. You know, he wants to he wants to kill everybody. Blah blah blah. Trust the process. Blah blah yeah. blah. Fat every remember, year. Fat every year. We have we have the greatest motivator of a coach there now. <laughs> Joel, oh, I can't do it as well as you. Go ahead, Albert. <laughs> what would he even say to MB? What would he even say? It's not his fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. <laughs> Who put the buffet line there? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know, man. Okay, we'll see. But I, I think regardless, what we know is Harden wants out. And not only does Harden want out, but his running mate, Westbrook, runs out. And so when, wants out. And so when, when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook and uh, does he make sense as the running mate next to Bradley Beal after this break? If you're a big fan of podcasts or want to show some support to the Secret Weapon podcast, go sign up for Stitcher Premium today at stitcher.com premium for only $4.99 a month. Stitcher Premium gives you access to ad-free episodes, comedy albums, and exclusive shows from Stitcher. Now, if you just want to check it out and don't know if Stitcher is for you, we've got you. You can use our promo code WARRIORS at checkout and get a month free on us. So go check it out. All right, guys, we are back. And um, before we went to break, we talked about uh, Russell Westbrook. And we we said we teased it, right? A little tease. We're, talk, we're going to be talking about Russell Westbrook and Westbrook, you know, I, I think this is what I think. Um, I was listening to the, uh, the low post pod with Zach Lowe and he had Brian Windhorst on and those guys are extremely connected uh, all over the league. And something that they had been hearing is that um, he, he, you know, the general public is now hearing that Harden wants to trade, but it seems like those waves and those signals have been going out for a little bit now as he's been training with Katie and Kyrie. And it looks like, Westbrook heard of those things and instead of you know waiting for Harden to make a decision he's like bro I, I want out too I, I want to get out of here uh the issue right now with Russell Westbrook and that most teams so Zach Lowe was talking about him and, and Winhorst uh both from ESPN they had been reaching out from teams and it looks like currently Russell Westbrook has no trade value their teams are looking at him and that contract and there's they're, they can't find teams that would want to give up anything of value for Russell Westbrook right now. And, and I think that's scary. And just to give you guys some some of the context going on right now, Russell Westbrook in the next three seasons is due 41, 43, and over 46, close to $47 million in two seasons from now. And we're talking about ages 32, 33, and 34 seasons. Before, we talked about Allen Iverson. This is a guy who really relied on his first step to get into the lane and to finish and to get to his spot. Russell Westbrook is the same exact type player. not Obviously not as good as a shooter or finisher, I think, as Allen Iverson, but he's a guy who really leans on his athleticism. And to think about committing to a guy like that, who is su- such a, you know, athletically gifted but also reliant player, and to pay him 41, 43, and $46 million in the next three seasons is crazy. And and, and Andrew, I, I was going over his basketball basketball reference page page earlier today. 
in the last three seasons, he's really fallen off in terms of his free throws. I think back in 2017, he was averaging 10 free throws a game. And in the last two seasons, he's really dipped. Now he's down to like mid sixes. Uh, mm. And look, I think the signs are there. We're seeing slowly, and not that he showed a lot of it last season, but you're going to get it. Your father time is undefeated. We're going to see diminishing athleticism. His jump shot continues to be unreliable and it's gotten worse and worse over the years. He was a good free throw shooter, shooter in OKC. And that's really fallen off a cliff recently. Um, and, you know, I think the name, the main two names that have been thrown out there are Charlotte and New York. I look at New York with Leon Rose and, and the new and the new front office. I, I can't see it. I really can't see it. And a lot of the reports that came out today, Ian Begley from SNY was reporting on it too, and a lot of sources that most of the New York New York front office is like, no, there are major reasons to not trade for Russell Westbrook. And then you look at the Hornets, right? The, the rumors that are thrown out there on Twitter is they'll trade the number three pick for him. Who the hell in their right mind right now would trade the third pick in the draft plus assets for Russell Westbrook? It's almost like last season where Houston had to give up picks to offload CP3. I think it's the same thing here. Nobody, I, I can't see a team grabbing Westbrook at those numbers. And, and then at the end of the day today, the biggest rumor that came out is that they're in discussions with D.C., Right with Washington for John Wall, mm-hmm. and, and now here this kind of makes sense, but it's still a weird trade, right? Westbrook, uh, sorry, Wall is going to be due forty million, forty three, and forty six in the next three seasons. So it's roughly the same as Westbrook. It's very similar. He is two years younger, but a- Andrew, I, I, I say all this, I preface all this for you, and, and to ask you, man. If you were the GM of Charlotte or the Knicks or DC, the thing with DC, with Washington, I think this is the only trade that kind of makes sense because Wall is two years younger, but he's coming off of a catastrophic injury and and you want to put someone next to Bradley Beal and you want to win games. Westbrook is a better player than John Wall. But if you're any of those teams, would you pull the trigger on a trade for Russell Westbrook at this point? Hmm. I think if I'm the Knicks, I definitely do. Uh, but if I'm wow. Washington or... <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> you bastard. You thought you were just going to slip that in there and move on to Washington? <laughs> pause. Okay. First off, pause. I need you to explain to me out of a rational mind why the New York Knicks are going to trade for Russell Westbrook. Please, please enlighten me, sir. Okay, I, honestly, I just said that to upset Albert because I know he really doesn't want this. Uh, but I, Albert, don't get mad, okay? But I genuinely, for some weird reason, like some gut feeling, and I have no logic or ration, uh, rationale or whatever involved in this, but I could totally see Westbrook in the Knicks jersey next season. I don't know why. For some reason. I, I just feel like it's going to happen. It's it just in terms of like the limelight, it makes sense. Uh, a player like him in a place like New York. But let's hope to God that it doesn't happen, right? Um, but really quickly, but, really quickly, Andrew. Uh, I was talking about Josh was over my house last night. We were talking about it. Mm. The problem is, if we trade for Russell Westbrook, he's the exact type of player that New York people will fall in love with. He's exactly. blue collar, tough, hardworking, like in your face. He mm-hmm. actually, like, essentially, he should have played in New York his whole career, like the, just his personality. 
Um, for sure. my, so that, that's my thing, Andrew. For me, if we trade for Westbrook, I think initially I'm going to hate it, but I know eventually my boy Josh and I will be the first ones online to buy his jersey. Like that's the problem with the, with with Russell Westbrook for us. I think, and also just it, it doesn't help with your future plans. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Like I, I think that's the biggest thing. Like if I'm a team that we really don't like, like if I put it in uh, like football perspective. Uh, if I'm the Colts, like I would love someone like Russell Westbrook for a couple of years because we know that, you know, like we're waiting for a good quarterback. So might as well just sign Westbrook for a couple of years to entertain us. You know, in that aspect, I would want to sign in. But what position in terms does Westbrook like, play for the Colts? Uh, Receiver? No, he did. Russell Westbrook, I think would be an amazing safety, actually. Uh, but. But anyway, anyway, yeah, I feel like you know that's that, that's like the kind of situation it's in. Um, everyone knows, I think, in the league that you're not really getting um, a championship caliber player out of Westbrook. Um, although I feel like he could contribute, but just the style of play that he brings, it it demands too much of um, the rest of the team to like to forfeit really about a lot of their game, and you have to build around Westbrook. And so, because of his style, I don't think a lot of t- a lot of teams are willing to pay that much money and also trade a lot of assets for him. So, yeah, I, I if honestly, I'm, if I'm any team, I wouldn't do it. Honestly, you know, like even DC, uh, just might as well commit to John Wall and hope that he comes back from his injury well. Um, but really, Westbrook, he he belongs on a team where there's going to be. A high market which is why i half jokingly said new york um and like a place like charlotte like really is it's not going to do much for him um nor is it going to do much for charlotte i feel like it's just going to be uh one of those teams like you rarely talk about and so i don't know man i i'm not really even concerned about his diminishing athleticism i really just think the main problem with him is is his style of play mm-hmm. um and it's, it's not a winning strategy. It's not a winning recipe, in my opinion. Um, and we saw how that affected, um, you know, the styles of play with like KD and Harden when they were in OKC together. Even this past season with, with James and Westbrook, it was just two ball hogs. Let's see who can hog it more. And, you know, yeah, man. I, I, you know what's crazy about Westbrook, though, is I feel like back then he had a deadly mid-range jumper. He did. Like, he would... He would run 100 miles per hour, stop on a dime, pull up from the free throw line, and it'd be money. And like yeah. I was like, there's no way Derek Fisher is going to guard this guy. <laughs> and he couldn't. But I feel like he gave all of that up, and like he just went like Giannis mode and just wanted to just tear down the rim like yeah. with ferocity, and that became like his main game. And then, again, also he started dishing it out, um, which is something else too. Like it's not – I feel like it's not true assists. It's a lot of like – I don't know. Whatever. Um, that that twenty re- that twenty seventeen MVP was a sham. Everybody knows. That. Right. It's that a lot nonsense. of empty stats. A lot of pa- uh, stat padding. Hundred percent. On paper, of course, it looks amazing, and I love Westbrook's attitude. I love his heart for the game, but his style of play really is just something that's not a winning strategy. And ultimately, that's why, if I was a GM of any team. No, no matter the circumstance, I, I wouldn't trade for him. Uh, but I could honestly see him go to New York. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm like already like talking myself into it. And this is the problem. Like, 
I should know better because there was a time when we had Stefan Marbury and then we traded for an old diminishing, completely washed Steve Francis. And for whatever reason, we thought that was going to work and it was an absolute nightmare. I'm not saying that Steve Francis was ever the caliber of of Russell Westbrook. I'm not saying that at all. But my thing is, it is, it it is scary to think about, but you know, to his credit, I am going to, you know, defend him a little bit. There was a stretch there before the lockdown where Houston was playing really, really well. And Westbrook and Harden were really playing well off of each other. And they were, you know, picking their spots. And Westbrook was really cutting off the ball well. I can't believe I'm talking myself into this right now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I, I, but I firmly just, as much as, like, I can kind of see it happening, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I think ultimately Houston's just going to be stuck with him and that contract. I think it's really likely that they can't trade him this off season. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, not to say that I'm a hundred percent sure of that. No, no, not at all. Um, things can happen. Crazy things, crazier things have happened before, but mm-hmm. Andrew, really quick. You didn't mention this. Still think about it though. John wall, huge injury coming back. Wouldn't you kind of rather have Westbrook to pair with Beal than John wall? No, I think if I'm Washington, I want Beal to be my star player. And mm-hmm. I feel like Westbrook would take away from that, you know? Yeah. I feel like John Wall is a little bit better of a supplementary or complementary player mm-hmm. um, than Westbrook is. And yeah, a lot of times, man, you just kind of end up being like uh, a catch and shoot player when you play alongside Westbrook and Bradley Beal is way more than that you know yeah. which is why I think Bradley Beal just needs to leave Washington entirely um, but that's another story but yeah I mean we only see Westbrook really at, at his best when he is the star player I mean look at the OKC team that he came from that's when he won his MVP season mm-hmm. I mean granted we don't believe in those stats really but you know on paper that is his greatest season and that's when he was at his best so um i feel like if he's not the number one spot in the team then he he's not really useful so yeah i think houston might be the best place for him honestly now that james harden is probably leaving um he can really take over and like hopefully the team can build around westbrook you know I agree with you i agree with you i I think even going into last season bradley bill was easily one of my favorite players Dude, I just, I just want to read this to you because it's shocking to just read it. The fact that he didn't make an all-star team. He didn't make an all-NBA team. Bradley Beal last year for a depleted Washington Wizards squad averaged 30 points, 6 assists. 30 points. He shot 45% from the field, 35% from 3, uh, but hey, 35% on 8 attempts, and he shot 84% from the free throw line. This guy is, as you mentioned, I, I love Bradley Beal. I really do wonder what happens with his career. Um, he's still only, he's turning 27 next year. So he's still young. Um, he's same age as Dennis Schroeder, actually. But it, it is going to be interesting to see what happens. But I, I think you're right. I, I just thought, like, if you do apples to apples, I feel like Russell Westbrook is still a better player than John Wall. But yeah, if, sure. you, if you think about fit, then yeah, uh, 100%. I think John Wall, he likes to pass the ball. You know, he likes to, and, and we haven't seen, look, if I might be mistaken on this, you guys can look this up. I'm pretty sure in the last two seasons, John Wall has played, he's played like 72 games combined in the last two seasons. And I think I'm a little disgusted that I know that offhand. Um, but he's been that injured, you know? He, he hasn't played, and we don't know what version of John Wall we're going to get. And so I think that might be the rationale behind why they're even entertaining a trade like that, just because they might, you know, their training staff might look at John Wall and be like, hey, he's coming off of a nasty injury. He's just not the same player. 
But yeah. all in all, I, I think you're right. I think if Harden leaves, then he's got his own team again, you know, and he can rip and run and go wild and do whatever he wants in Houston, and they probably won't win a lot of games. And I think ultimately, Andrew, whatever team that trades for Russell Westbrook, you're probably locking like a seventh seed or eighth seed in the playoffs. I think that's, that's the ceiling, not not the floor. Right. I think that's the ceiling. And so yep. I think that's why for me too, uh, as much as I could see the Knicks doing it, I'm really praying that they don't. Because mm-hmm. why did we go through all these years of misery just to be a seventh seed in the East? That's not what I'm looking for. I'd rather take the longer route, build younger players, and hope for a real playoff run in two to three years from now. I think that's the better route to go about it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Hey, just might as well uh, make a custom Nick jersey buy right now, you know, save save some time. And... Uh... <laughs> You know the ones where you can write your last name in and you know, make a custom Just, Westbrook, just do yeah. that. <laughs> God. <sighs> well, okay. No more depressing uh, tra- fake trades for the Knicks. Uh, we're going to move on to our last thing. And, and you know, I saved this for last because it's Andrew's favorite team. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm pretty sure this was the first trade that went down. Uh, the LA Lakers, they traded. I said LA Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers, whatever. Who cares? The Lakers. Uh, they traded Danny Green and the 28th pick, uh, another first-round pick, to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Dennis Schroeder. And I think for me, for our listeners out there, if you didn't watch OKC play last season, then I, I really don't think you'll understand uh, the, the the meaning and the value of this trade. I, I, I had a, a, a one of you know our friends out there, not a huge basketball fan, but he's a Laker fan, and he was like, hey, Albert, tell me about the Schroeder trade. And what I told him was flat out, this is, this will go down as the most underrated and not talked about trade of the offseason because we're going to see a lot of big names get moved this year, potentially. Right? We talked about Harden, blah, blah, blah. But for me, if you look at the fit and you look at exactly what LeBron James needs right now at this point in his career, Dennis Schroeder might be the absolute perfect person to bring in right now. Dennis Schroeder is still 27. He's still a really, really young guy, and he averaged 18 points a game last year coming off the bench for OKC. But who cares if he was coming off the bench? He was closing games. I think people get way too caught up in the starters or whatever. Who cares? The minutes matter, and who's closing the games? And Dennis Schroeder consistently was closing the games with SGA and Chris Paul in a three-guard lineup. And so if you haven't been watching, you won't understand. But for me, this... You look back at the last time LeBron won a title before this season, and you look at this season, Rondo was extremely important in the playoffs. You go to 2016, how freaking important Kyrie Irving was in that run and being a, a secondary or primary ball handler and getting, you know, just being a bucket maker. And I think that's exactly what Dennis Schroeder is going to provide for a LeBron entering his age, what, 36 season? Right, he needs someone to take that burden off his shoulders. Last season, <laughs> we forget LeBron James led the NBA in assists last season, right? And that's fantastic. That's all good and well, but that means he was carrying a huge burden of playmaking and distributing. And I think if we t- if we consider the fact that LeBron is getting older, and for them to bring in a Dennis Schroeder at this point in his career, who's still really young, who's per- who's who played extremely well last season for an OKC team that made a nice little run in the playoffs. This is easily one of the best and underrated moves of the offseason. And I think by the end of it, when the season start next, starts next season, a lot of people are going to be like, God damn, how did the Lakers just finesse this trade and grab Dennis Schroeder? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, another grand scheme of LeBron James, the greatest GM <laughs> of all time. 
LeBron you guys James. think this is LeBron James? <laughs> you guys think this is like some off-season news? No, LeBron had this plan like four years ago. You guys don't even know it. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys think Dennis Schroeder was just like, oh, hey, let's sign him this season? No, man, LeBron had this all written out. If you go look, go to his house, he probably has it written somewhere. You know, twenty twenty one season, Dennis Schroeder point card Lakers. He already had this planned out, and you know what, like. This is a huge move, obviously, for Lakers. But I'm going to give a little bit of credit to Danny Green. Mm. Um, people hate mm. him for missing that shot or whatever. And nah, honestly, nah, he's nah, pretty nah, terrible from three. He's pretty bad at, at three-point shooting. Like honestly, now, like for from what he was when yeah. he was on the Spurs and going back, like he's not a reliable shooter. I'll give, I'll say that much, but. He is still a really good veteran player. Uh, he knows his role really well. He plays great defense. And he was, I think, in my opinion, a huge part of, of the Lakers' uh, success. So um, I think we will miss a player like Green, especially because I think LeBron does do well with veteran players and players who kind of, like, understand the game that he, as well as he does and can, you know, fill their roles. Um, but Dennis Schroeder brings a whole other beast of an animal Um to the to the discussion and now we have a guard who who's who's a good scorer he's he's gonna be deadly uh even with his athleticism and this takes a load off of uh lebron james's shoulders so yeah man and then going back to okc now another first round pick for them yeah. uh i think at this point okc stands for oklahoma college because this year they're just gonna be <laughs> drafting a bunch of college students and they're probably all like seniors or juniors or you know whatever they could all be in college still so this is gonna be a crazy crazy off season uh, or crazy season for okc um their professor again, this year uh steven adams <laughs> professor adams <laughs> Yeah, and dude, prof- uh, Professor, I was a Professor Adams. <laughs> Steven Adams, he's not even that old. You I know? love he's, he's, Steven Adams, bro. He's like fairly young, right? He's yeah, not like he's really he's, he's not a, he look, as old as he looks. He's not even that old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Oklahoma College, they're gonna do some crazy, crazy, crazy things uh, with all of these assets, and I'm excited for them. Um, but a little, you know, preview of the upcoming season. It looks like the Lakers are well on their way to the championship again, unless uh, the Brooklyn Nets um, can have can figure things out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this, the next season's kind of laid out already. <sighs> hey, Stephen Adams, another guy who's 26, 27. Yeah, so they're all Dude, like... He's young. Yeah, they're he's all young. in that range. I love Stephen Adams. I... I think it would Aquaman. be so, so yeah. It would be <laughs> Jason Momoa. It would be so weird to see him in any other jersey. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hope the best for him. He's one of my favorite players. But um, dude, I agree with you, man. It feels like adding Schroeder really cements you guys as a clear, clear front runner for next season. I'm sure you know we're gonna see. There probably gonna be a ton more trades coming in, right? Like honestly, we're not on Twitter right now. Who knows? There, the tra- another trade might have went down as we were speaking. Mm. So I'm not sure. But you know, as you were talking, it reminded me of uh, um, in the office. Uh, you remember Dwight's gym for muscles? And um, <laughs> Daryl's working now. He's like having a hard time. Dwight's like, does LeBron James uh, take breaks like that? It's like, oh, it's LeJean Braves. Y- yeah, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> LeJean Braves. LeJean, LeJean Braves. <laughs> 
But man, it, it, it's a big deal for you guys to bring in Schroeder. I, I can't emphasize enough how good he is. And look, Schroeder is a guy that really struggled early on for the Hawks. Uh, he really, you know, went through some tough times and then ended up in OKC and went to Chris Paul's Academy for Point Guards and learned how to be a really, really good point guard and contributor. And I think, God, man, you guys, you know what you did? You literally took Rondo and like de-aged him 10 years and was like, hey, you'll be a little bit better at shooting. And that's that's Schroeder. That's freaking unbelievable. You just have to add a little yellow into your hair. That's (laughs) that's the only catch. (laughs) A little bit taller. But yeah, it's it's the same player. I I think it's an unbelievable move for you guys. And not to mention, the Lakers aren't done yet. I I still feel like there are more moves that you guys are going to make. You'll probably find some, you know, veteran minimum guys out of nowhere, like uh, a name. Tristan Thompson might get bought out by the by the Cavs. And where do you think Tristan Thompson is going to go? Look, go for the Lakers. Go play with LeBron again. And Tristan Thompson's not old either. Tristan Thompson's like, what, 31, yeah. 32? Still a really, really young guy and still a really good player who's expanding his range. People don't realize he's starting to shoot threes now too. Not that he's very good at it, but he's working on it. But he's a guy. Look, Tristan Thompson is a guy that we saw play in the fourth quarter and finish games in the NBA Finals. And you guys might be adding him. You know, maybe he'll be an upgrade over JaVale next season. Who knows? And I think that's scary. As much as I hate praising the Lakers, but you guys are making good moves. And Schroeder is a huge first move heading into the season. Because, Andrew, let's be let's be real. All right? You're a Laker fan. Shortest offseason that LeBron has ever seen. You think LeBron's going to play at all in the first three months? I think he'll rarely no play. And Schroeder is going to carry a lot of that playmaking for him. And that's why this trade is freaking huge. I can't emphasize it enough. It's a huge trade for you guys. It's a win-win for everybody involved. OKC gets, as you mentioned, another first-round pick, Oklahoma College. You know, College of Oklahoma, it's coming. And it's it's going to be unbelievable. And I think, you know, as as we head into the NBA draft tomorrow night, I, I'm really excited to see what happens. It, it's very likely that by the time that some people listen to this podcast, Oklahoma City might have LaMelo Ball as their new star. It's possible. Yeah. It could happen, you know? And so it's a crazy time. It's an unbelievable time. Yeah, man. By the time we're <sighs> recording again, Albert, yeah, mm-hmm. we don't know. Like, the league might be flipped upside down. Legit. I think Lakers might get rid of Kuz. Mm. Um, the oh, Knicks have Russell God. Westbrook. Dude, and... I saw a report linking Kuzma to the Knicks, and I was like, dear God. Mm-hmm. I I would I would literally flip tables if we had Julius Randle and Kuzma on the same team. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? What a nightmare! Uh, no worries. Though. You're gonna get Russell Westbrook. So that's, that's... hey, we got our big three, huh? Julius Randle, Kyle Kuzma, and Russell Westbrook. We're we're here. We made it. We made it. Title contenders with that three. Between Julius Randle and Russell Westbrook, who has more spin moves in the season? <laughs> Hey, Kuzma's up there too. This guy likes to like to spin into nothing. Oh yeah. my god! No, I, I, I'm not upset if Kuzma leaves. I think we can find a way better fit of a player than Kuzma in that system. So hmm. Hmm. this sucks. Why, why did you do this to me at the end again? Oh, sorry, yeah, this I mean, sucks. This, we're nearing the end, so I gotta oh. bring it back. You know, Kuzma on the Knicks. What a freaking nightmare! I would hate it. I'd really hate that. Wow. Yeah, imagine R.J. Barrett giving up the ball to Kuzma. You know the thing? We've talked about this before. Kuzma is a classic not good at anything guy. There's not one thing that he does well. Tell me. What, what is he good at? Puma? 
wearing his Puma sneakers? <laughs> what is his skill? Wait, he used to be good at shooting. I don't think he's great at shooting anymore, though. Did would he switch hands? He's... What the hell's wrong with this guy? <laughs> he's dating around, man. He, oh. he was uh, linked with uh, some of the Kardashians, I think, too. Uh, I think he was with Kendall, too. Yeah, he was with Kendall was for he? a little bit, I think. That L.A. connection, yeah. I guess. She saw him get that Puma money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the clout honestly kind of got to him a little bit. Because he was a no-name coming into the league. And then yeah. he had a huge summer league. And then, you know, Laker fans are really behind him. Now he's dressing like Walcott Walk Frazier. He's wearing like... Yeah, man. He looks like the mask sometimes. With his <laughs> yeah, outfits. Yeah. And he also has yellow hair and trying to be like Cisco and... He doesn't even know who Cisco is. We have too many Cisco's in the league right now. That's a problem. Yeah. We're going Shout backwards. Shout out to Cisco, man. He did it first. Alright, well, as Andrew mentioned, we have no idea what the league is going to look like the next time we're on and we're recording, but what a time to be alive. The NBA truly is a year-long 365-day sport. The league never sleeps. And uh, hey, anything you want to plug or talk about? You want to talk about your podcast, man? Shim and Shin? Shim and Shin. Uh, <laughs> we're still going strong. <laughs> These uh, The three amigos, we're on... I think we're recording episode four mm-hmm. soon. So tune in for that. Mm-hmm. If you have no time, I mean, if you have a lot of time and you're bored and you want to... Uh, do bad things to yourself to listen to the podcast <laughs> um but yeah i don't know i mean i'm cool I, i'm really nothing to plug maybe mm-hmm. just uh everyone stay safe yeah. wear your masks corona is spiking up again it's it getting is. crazy out there um yeah man you got, any, you got any crazy mask stories anything crazy you've Dude, seen recently at the shop it's it's always a it's always a situation. Jeez. A lot of Korean elderly, they don't like being told what to do. And so every time they come in like the shop, no mask, wow. we yell at them. And then we actually got a negative Yelp review from like this young Korean girl. Like you open the shop in Koreatown. Of course, there's going to be Korean elderly. Don't yell at them, blah, blah, blah. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a mess right now, man. Like, I don't even know why people are out and about, especially the Korean elderly, the ones who are most <laughs> <Exactly>. endangered. <laughs> <laughs> they should be at home but they insist on going out for their coffee and freaking congregating so living, everyone be safe man they're living dangerously that's what it is you know it is <sighs> might as well right hey before we go we should shout out um one of our big supporters uh our big young uh tony his birthday was sunday right his 32nd birthday right? it was shouts to tony tones opera elite opera um <laughs> Tony Tones, uh, no armor, but op. <laughs> Second round will op. <laughs> Refuses to buy head armor because uh, it's got a, it's got a strong dome, you know. Tony Tones, hey, you watch B this round. I'm gonna op down mid. Tones. <laughs> Shouts to Swap Meat. Swap Meat Design. Oh. Happy birthday, Tony. Happy birthday to Tony. Uh, anything else to plug? I think we're good, right? Mm. Yeah. We're good. Shouts to uh, yeah. your Colts and uh, pulling out a huge win against the Bro, Titans. Bro, we're 6-3. Can you so, believe that? It's fake. It's fake. <laughs> All of this is fake. It's 
Michael Pittman Jr. finally had his uh, kind of breakout yeah. game. I don't think it'll continue, but he did have a great game, so happy for that guy. We're, we're at a point now where we haven't... We, I can't even keep up with all the rookie wide receivers. What a freaking Dude, it's a deep legendary uh, wide receiver class. class. Yeah, It's nuts. Yeah. It's freaking nuts. We'll save this one for the next pot or when we finally talk some football, but... Uh, <laughs> But all yeah, right, guys, uh, we, we hope you're uh, excited for the draft as I am. Maybe I'm the only one. Uh, I hope you guys are following along with all the trades. And uh, until next week, this has been Secret Weapon. Secret Weapon. <laughs> <laughs> what about those? Some weird folk song? <laughs> I guess I have. I, I, maybe I should go first because. Maybe. I don't like being the second one. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we love you guys. Appreciate it. All Talk right, to thanks, you guys everyone. soon. Peace. Peace. Oh. The Secret Weapon Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Head to anchor.fm slash secretweaponpod to find your podcast app of choice. If you like this podcast, tell your friends to listen, subscribe to our feed, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We've got more episodes coming soon.